Welcome to the Ablaze Youth Podcast. You guys excited for this word? Yeah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Uh, does anyone know where our verse is? Anyone want to take a wild guess? You know, we've been in the same chapter for, you know, three or four weeks now. Anyone have a guess? Ephesians chapter 4. We did kind of start in Ephesians 3, so you got it. All right, Ephesians chapter 4. We are in our series called The Marks of Maturity. 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 The Marks of Maturity. And, um, and basically, ha- have you learned anything throughout this series? Yes. Well, I would, I would hope so, honestly. <laughs> like, if, uh, if you guys said no, I would feel bad about myself and my teaching ability. But, no, this honestly, I, and I'm just going to be completely glass house for a second. Um, this series has been challenging me. Uh, this sh- series has been challenging me to grow in my own maturity. And, uh, and just to recap the last couple weeks, um, what is maturity? What have we been defining maturity as? Yep. The, it's the pursuit of looking more and more like Christ, becoming more and more like Christ. Because if we want to grow in maturity, if we want to grow into the fullness of maturity, what does that ultimately mean? Because like, we want to set a standard of what maturity looks like. And the Word sets that standard. But, but who is that standard of maturity that we want to press on to be like? Christ, right? We want to be more and more like Christ. Because uh, would you say that He was pretty mature in all that He thought, said, and yes. did. Yes. yes. He, was, he was a pretty mature man, and, and we want to be like him. And uh, last week, we were talking about a little bit, you know, there are benefits to growing in maturity, right? Uh, let, let's be honest for a second. Uh, if When you grow in maturity, it uh, makes you more liked by people, right? Have you ever been around an immature person? You're like, I don't want to be around this person anymore, right? Like, they're, they're irritating me, and they're annoying me. And you instantly looks at Bella, <laughs> um, right? Uh, I want you to hear this, though. Um, if you grow in maturity, people will actually treat you better, right? If you grow in maturity, people will actually look to you and not be like, oh, no, they're here. <laughs> like, they'll actually be excited when you walk into a room. And that's what we want to carry with us, right? We want to walk into a room and people instantly recognize, hey, someone who's going to make my life better just entered in. And that's what happened with Jesus, right? When Jesus entered a city, man, the people started flooding and flocking because they recognized he's going to make my life better. I want to get near him, right? And uh, that's what maturity does. Maturity attracts people. Immaturity uh, repels people. Now, I'm going to be honest. uh, Maturity also repels immature people. When we start growing in maturity, immature people will be like, I don't like that because it exposes their immaturity. And we've talked about that. Um, but as we've been going through Ephesians chapter 4, where Ephesians chapter 4 really highlights maturity, um, and I'm going to read you this verse one more time, maybe one more time, probably a bunch more times, but one more time, maybe today, maybe not, we'll see. Um, actually, no, this is not going to be the last time we read it today, uh, because it's, it's key to what we're talking about, but uh, Ephesians 4.13, until we all attain to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God to a mature man to the measure in stature which belongs to the fullness of Christ. So what is a mature man? Someone who is to the measure and stature of the fullness of Christ. Now, today, do you know what we're talking about? Do you know what mark of maturity we're talking about today? Today we're talking about uh, submission to authority. Yay! It's like everyone's favorite word, submission. I love submission. It's so much fun, right? Well, 
Well, it, amen. Honestly, when we give our, when we submit ourselves, life becomes easier. I feel like my flesh is sleeping right now. Yeah. Well, hear this though. When when you submit, when when you become a person, hear this. When you become a person of submission, life becomes easier, and pressure actually gets lifted off of you. Listen, listen to it this way, right? When I submit myself to somebody. Hear this. When I submit myself to somebody and the authority, somebody that God instituted over my life, when I choose to submit myself to that person, I want you to hear this. Life, the pressures of life can, can actually lift off my shoulders because now I have someone who will carry it with me or, or someone who can actually take it for me, right? When I have a difficult decision to make, right, and there's a lot of pressure, if I take that to an authority that God has given to me, all of a sudden, the insight or the, 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 what they give me, what they, what they speak over me by the grace of God, that'll actually empower me to succeed in a, in a way that I wouldn't have been able to do on my own. What does that mean? Uh, life gets easier. So if, but, but recognize this. If the devil recognizes that life gets better when we submit ourselves, what do you think he's going to attack? Submission. Submission, right? He's going to, he's going to try to grow us up in a culture. Hear this. He's going to try to grow us up in a culture where submission becomes not the norm, yeah. right? You watch Disney Channel, right, which is geared and catered more towards kids, right? Uh, where are the parents? And a lot of those kids, the parents aren't, there are no parents. It's like you've got teenagers that are doing their own thing. If there are parents involved, the parents are what? Stupid, right? They're idiots. They're either non-existent or they're idiots, and the kids are doing whatever they want, right? You watch any adult sitcoms. Sitcoms, right? Adult TV shows, right? Geared towards married couples. What is it? Usually the wife is brilliant and the husband's an idiot, right? Why? Because they're trying to come against God's ordination of what a family looks like. You know, it comes, you recognize that the enemy's attacking submission, right? And if, if, honestly, if I were to say like teenagers, they're the most obedient of, of all, a lot of people will kind of snicker about that. Uh, why? Well, because the world doesn't. Speak. Because the yeah, because the world honestly, the world looks at your generation as disobedient. But that's not how I look at you guys. Right. Re- recognize this. See, I when I look at you guys, I, I don't look at you at your as your flesh. I look at you as the way that God wants to look at you. Right. The Bible says we actually regard no one according to the flesh. Yeah. Let that let that be your testimony. Mm-hmm. Let people look at you and be like, why are they different? Why do they honor? Why do they show honor to the people over them? And we can point it directly to the word. But, but um, when we, so let's go back to Ephesians 4. Look at this. Until we all attain to the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God to a mature man. All right, what's immediately before that? Verse 11. And he gave some as apostles, some as prophets, some as evangelists, some as pastors and teachers, and, and what's the purpose? For the equipping of the saints, for the work of the service, to the building up of the body of Christ, until we all attain to the unity, right? Until we all, to, till we get to a mature man, to the fullness and stature of Christ, right? So the context of that passage in particular is, what are they talking about? When we choose to devote ourselves to the apostles' teaching, like they did in the book of Acts, right? We talked about that last week. When we devote ourselves to these, to these positions of authority over us, that's where the maturity actually comes. Maturity grows when we actually look to a mature person and we, we choose to submit ourselves to them and say, hey, I don't know all that I need to know about this. Help me. Uh, help me, 
right? I'm going to choose to put myself under you and, and follow you and submit to you and to imitate you so that I can become more like you. You hear that? That's why God's given us apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers to equip us for life. I know it here, here it says for the work of service. It's really basically talking about life, right? Other translations do say ministry, but isn't, isn't my life a ministry? Yeah. Shouldn't my life be a ministry to the yeah. people around me? Yeah. So basically, the purpose of these, five, the fivefold ministry is what we call them, right? Apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers. The purpose of them is to equip you for life. So how can I be equipped for life if I'm not submitted? I can't be. How can I be equipped to grow into maturity and become more like Christ if I'm not submitted? I can't be. And if we follow the pattern of everything we've been talking about, I can't be submitted if I'm not striving or pursuing unity. Because that's what submission is. It's unity with someone that God's put over you, right? I can't have unity if I don't have patience, right? Showing tolerance for one another in love. I can't have patience if I don't have humility, and I can't have humility if I don't have love. You see the progression of all these things, right? How can I show true submission to an authority if I'm not pursuing unity? Because if I'm not pursuing unity, I'm just going to be like, I can do it all on my own. I don't need to actually submit myself to anybody. That's not how it works, right? I, I need, we, we absolutely need the fivefold. We absolutely need spiritual authorities. And recognize though, because today we're kind of going under the, 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 Basically, the topic of today is submission, right? That honestly, if you want to look and, and judge how mature am I, you got you can ask yourself uh, how how much do I listen to authority? Yeah. How much do I listen to the authorities that God's given me? What what are those authorities? Um, your pastors, your your leaders, right? Um, your parents, um, your teachers, coaches. Um, governmental leaders, right? Now, let me clarify, and, and because this might be important to clear, uh, an important clarification. How does submission work? Uh, if you're in authority, you need to be under authority, right? Yeah. So, so if I'm submitting to an authority that's completely disregarding the higher authority, my, my responsibility is to submit to the higher authority. Yep. Yeah. You hear that? Okay, so if a, if a teacher or if a parent or if a coach is telling you to do something that contradicts the Word of God, I don't have to submit to that. You see that with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. I can, now, hear this. I can honor them. I can unconditionally honor them, but I don't have to unconditionally obey if they're t t telling me to do something that contradicts the Word. Are you, does that make sense? Yeah. So you see that with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They showed honor to the king. My Lord, the king, we can't. You know, uh, I know you're telling us to bow down to this idol, but we can't. We can't. We have to honor our God, right? You even see with, um, you, you see that um, with Jesus. You see that with, you, you know, they honored authorities. They honored them, but they didn't always obey, right? If, if the authority is, com only if the authority is commanding you to do something ungodly and unbiblical, that's when you have permission to disobey. Yeah. But if it's anything that's not ungodly and unbiblical, it's our responsibility to honor and submit. Yeah. Hey, can you do the laundry? Honor and submit, yeah. right? It's not, well, I'm praying right now. No, honor, submit. Well, I'm doing something that I think is good and important right now. No, honor and submit to that authority, right? See, recognize this. When we 
when we choose um, to honor, well, let me say it this way. If we can't honor and submit to an authority that we can see, how will we ever honor and submit to the higher authority that we can't see? We won't. I'm going to just make a blanket statement. You can't. If I cannot submit to a pastor, I can't submit to God. Because then I'll say, well, I can hear from God myself, and then I'll go off and do my own thing, and I won't be able to hear from God myself. If I can't, if I can't submit and honor my parents, I'm not going to be able to submit and honor my Father in heaven. Yeah. You hear that? Even when I disagree with them. Uh, let, let me say this. Even if they're not 100% the godliest, godliest, I'm still supposed to honor and submit to them. Do, do you recognize this? Does, does, turn with me real quick to... Uh, Let's go to Ephesians 6.2. It's only one page over. Ephesians 6.2. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with a promise. What's the promise? So that it may be well with you and that you may live long on the earth. Now, does this say honor your father and mother only if you agree with them? No. Does it say honor your father and mother only if they're a Christian? No. Does it? No. No. What does it say? Honor your father and mother. Honor them. Why? So that it may be well with you. What does that mean? Oh, if I actually choose to do this, uh, it'll get better. Life, it'll go well with me. I'll live a long and satisfied life if I choose to make this decision. Again, if they're telling me to do something that dishonors and dis- disobeys the word of God, that's one thing. But my responsibility is to honor and submit. Even if I don't agree. Can I just honestly say this? Especially if I don't agree. Unless it disagrees with the word. But if, if I'm like, no, I don't think that that's right. Or no, you don't understand. the. Let, let me explain to you. You know what dishonor looks like? If an authority says, hey, stop doing that. No, no, let me explain. I do. And then I just start talking back. That's dishonoring. Yeah. Are you hearing that? Yeah. If, I, if I'm always trying to defend myself to authorities, I'm not honoring and submitted to them. Yeah. I'm really just honoring my own pride. Right? Because what matters most to me is, that I, is, that, is, what, is what I thought was right. No. I, if I'm always defending myself to authorities, I'm probably not submitting in the proper way. Right? What I need to be doing is I need to be saying, yes, sir, yes, ma'am, and, and submitting, you know, and honoring. Why? Uh, so that it will go well with me and that I may live long on the earth. Do you, wanna, do you, do you guys want things to go well for you? Yeah. Yeah, do you want... Uh, do you want to live long on the earth? Yeah, yeah. Well, then honor. Don't don't talk back to authorities, right? Honor them. Hey, I. Now you can now you can ask questions. You know you can you can honor in that way. But if you're just trying to defend yourself, that's not really a great way of honor. Now, I, if I want to honor, if I want to submit, basically what I'm doing is I. If I'm honoring my authorities, I'm honoring God. You can write that down. If I'm honoring and submitting to the authorities that God has given me, I'm honoring and submitting to God. And I can give you some verses and stuff. What? Oh, I thought someone says them. If I'm honoring and submitting to my authorities, I'm honoring and submitting to my God. How about this? If I'm rebelling against authority, I'm rebelling against God. If I'm, if I'm dishonoring authority, I'm dishonoring God. Why? Because God placed them in authority. He gave them a a place over our lives so that they can teach us and develop us into who he's called us to be. So if I, or how about this? If I'm not even coming to them and asking questions, am I honoring and submitting the the gift and the authorities that God has given me? Yeah. 
Not, not necessarily, right? In Ephesians 4, he, he's talking about this. Uh, I'm going to back up a little bit to verse 7. But to each one of us. So this means this. There's not a single person in this room that God hasn't given this gift to, right? To each one of us, grace was given according to the measure of Christ's gift. Therefore, it is said when he ascended on high, he led captive a host of captives and he gave gifts to men. What's the gift? The apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers. These are gifts that God has given you, right? So if, if God gave you a gift and you never utilize that gift, are you esteeming the gift? No. 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 So, so, so I want you guys to hear this and to see this, right? God has anointed people over your lives to, to help equip you for life. So that it will go well with you, so that life will get better, and so that it'll be easier for you. He's given you a gift. So why, And the gift is to benefit my life, right? What a blessing, right? How awesome is that? That God has given me a gift to make my life better. But, but if I'm not actually utilizing the gift, I'm not esteeming the gift. And that's breaking God's heart. Now, now I want you to recognize this, you know. Uh, the position I'm in, I'm, I'm not operating at the moment in the office of pastor. But under Pastor Brian's authority, that gift has been given to me to, to shepherd and to oversee this ministry. And you guys, right? Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah, right. So, so, so what, basically, this isn't like a message of, hey guys, I want you to, to honor and submit to me. That's not what this message is. But I want you to recognize that there's a gifting that God has given me to help you. Mm-hmm. To help you. I mean, how many times have we had a, sun, a Sunday night service where I, where I give a message and you're like, throughout the week, man, I needed that because this happened, right? What is that? That's the gift in operation. You realize that that doesn't just, that gift is not only in operation on Sunday nights whenever I'm preaching. You can access that throughout the week. Can I also say this? Now, this will be fun. I love you guys. I love you, man. Uh, your friends are not anointed to oversee your life. What does that mean? Hey, they're there for you. You can talk to them. You can confide in them, but they're not anointed to oversee your life. So if all you do is go to your peers, you're not actually drawing on a gift. The the, the ultimate gift that God has given you. you. You recognize that? Because friends are a gift. I'm not coming against that. Friends are a gift and they can bless you and God can use them absolutely, but they're not the ones anointed to oversee they're not the one, like whenever you come to your friend with, with, with a question, right? They can give you some good stuff, but, but ultimately they're not the ones anointed to actually give you exactly what you need to help you in that situation. Does that make sense? Now they can help you. Don't get me wrong. They can help you. They can give you biblical godly truths, but they're not anointed to oversee. Does that make sense? Yeah. So, so yes, friends are beneficial, and honestly, 99.9% of the time, it's a lot easier to go, to go to a friend for help, right? And I'm not saying that you should never do that. Do that. Absolutely do that. But also utilize the gift that God's given you. Whether it's me or a life group leader or pastor, I really don't give a rip. You know, you don't have to come to me at all. But what I'm saying is, God has given you someone to oversee your life. There's a gifting and a calling. There's a reason why God's set up the system that way, Right? There's a, because there, there's a reason why God set up the system that way. It's called delegated authority. God takes his glory, his power, his anointing, and he delegates it to a pastor or a shepherd over a flock, right? 
Right, that's Pastor Brian. Over the over Boomerang Church, God has delegated authority and power. He's delegated an anointing to Pastor Brian to oversee this entire church. Right? And what, what does Pastor do with that? Is he the sole person now carrying that authority? No. What does he do? He delegates that authority. So now the people that he delegates that authority, are they carrying some kind of subpar anointing? Or are they carrying the same anointing? It's the same anointing. Why? It's the anointing from God given to a man who then delegates it to other men and women, right? Who delegates it. And so they're carrying an anointing to oversee the areas that pastor has delegated them to oversee. Does that make sense? So, So now I have a blessing of a life group leader that can anoint me or that can pray over me or has an anointing to oversee me, right? Or a pastor. Uh, so I can, like I, there's multiple places that, that some of you can go where that anointing is flowing, right? Where that anointing is given to you. But recognize this, the anointing doesn't flow from side to side. Right. It flows yeah. from top down. So if I'm submitting myself to the giftings that God has given to me, now again, I can receive some anointed help from my friends, but that's not the way God designed it to be. Yeah. He, des- he designed it. Because the Bible doesn't say that the disciples uh, continually devoted themselves to each other's teachings. Right. Yeah. It says they continually devoted themselves to whose teaching? The apostles' teaching, yeah. right? Well, where, where did the apostles get their teachings? From God, right? From the Holy Ghost. Right? You see how that authority... Now, now, now let's look at the, um, the complaint that rose up, right? What happened? A complaint rose up. They're like, hey, we're having this feeding program, but some people are complaining because they're not getting as much food as other people. So what did the apostles do? They delegated their authority to the seven men. Remember, right? You remember the seven men? Stephen was one of them. They delegated that authority, anointed them, prayed, sought the Holy Ghost, anointed them, laid hands on them. What, did, what were they doing when they were laying hands? They were delegating that authority and that power. And now you see Stephen actually going out, laying hands on the sick, and they're recovering. Because an authority was delegated to them. Are you, do, do you see that, right? It was delegated down. And, and people were able to receive freedom, life change through Stephen because an anointing was delegated down to him. From the Holy Ghost to the apostles to Stephen, right? You see, you see how that worked. Turn, turn with me to Ephesians or Hebrews chapter thirteen. I mean, this is all throughout Scripture. I want you to recognize this. Hebrews thirteen. If you're looking for Hebrews, it's right before James. Hebrews chapter thirteen, verse seventeen. Can I also say this? If we're, as we're talking about submission to authority, as we're talking about, so that, you know, things can go well for you, uh, what, what's one way that we can submit to our authorities? When they're preaching and teaching, yep. paying attention to them, mm-hmm. not zoning out, not getting in your own little world. When, when, when a minister is preaching, yep. not just as they're preaching, not just reading your own stuff while they're preaching, right? But getting, but but paying attention, focusing on the, what the word's saying. Because if you're distracted, you're not honoring. Yeah. You know, if you're in your own little world, you're not honoring. Yeah. And again, hear this: when a minister is ministering, he's bringing life to you. He's ministering life to you in something that can completely change your life. But if you're, but it won't change your life if you're not paying attention to it. Yeah. It won't change your life if if you're off in the corner in your own little world. Right? How much more do we have to focus on paying attention? Right? 
Hebrews 13, 17. Obey your leaders and submit to them, for they keep watch over your souls as those who will give an account. Recognize this. Your leaders and your authorities are going to give an account for what they impart to you. You know what that also means? When you submit to them, your leaders will give an account. If, if I, let's say I believe the Lord was telling me something, right? Let's say I believe the Lord was telling me to go and um, start a church across the city, right? Whoa. I know, it's crazy, right? But I believe the Lord was telling me to do that. And I go to pastor and I say, hey, pastor, I feel like the Lord's telling me to start a church over here. And he says, you know what? I don't think that the Lord's telling you to do that. Who, who, whose hand is that word in now? Is it in my hands or is it in pastor's hands? It's in pastor's hands. What does that mean? It's off my shoulders now, right? So if, 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 the, if the Lord was actually telling me to do that, the, 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 what is it? The account, the responsibility is not on my shoulders anymore. It's on pastors. So if pastor missed it, I'm not going to have to give an account for it. Pastor's going to have to give an account for it. Do you recognize that? Do you hear that? Which means I shouldn't be trusting in my own self anymore, right? That's how submission and authority works. But let me give an actual example. When Serena and I were at our previous church, Holy Ghost was pouring out, man. I'm telling you, fire was falling. Teenagers... Uh, like their lives were being changed. Depression was falling off. Like it was like, it was like a Dr. Rodney service, like every Sunday, right? Like I'm laying hands on them. They're falling out. Fire's falling. Like, um, we would have new teenagers coming like on a regular basis and, and they would be falling out under the power and they had no idea what was going on. Now, as this is happening, recognize not every church is boomerang. Okay. As this is happening now, we have parents coming down cause this was on Wednesday nights and parents, um, the, the parents that were coming, um, didn't really understand what was going on. You know, it, th- this kind of stuff didn't happen on Sunday mornings. So parents would come down, pick their kid up the, off the floor and just drag them out, drag them out. Um, there were kids that were, that were, uh, that were in the Holy ghost and they were, you know, they were laughing and like the Lord was moving on them. And, uh, I would have pastors, um, on staff at our church come to me and say, Hey, what, what's happening in, in these services? It's grieving me. Like this, this is this is emotionalism. This isn't the Lord. Like, and, and this needs to stop. We we ended up having a conversation with our senior pastor. He uh, he invited us over, and they were basically saying, "This is not the Lord. This is not God. It needs to stop." Like, I'm I'm paraphrasing it, and I want you to hear because I have to paraphrase it because I I can't go into the to the depths of it. Their hearts were pure and like they they weren't trying to stop the holy ghost they didn't think they were trying to stop the holy ghost they thought what they were doing was right and was helping the kids right uh were they were they wrong i believe so but what did i do i had to take this to the lord god i'm not i i'm not even teaching any of this stuff to them i didn't even know that i didn't even know that laughing in the holy ghost was a thing it's just happening in these services it's just happening like they they're the Holy Ghost is moving, he's flowing, and I feel like it's my responsibility to not stop that, but my authorities are telling me I need to. Lord, what do I do? I mean, it's a sticky situation, right? Doesn't it seem like a sticky situation? Yeah. But what does the Bible say I need to do? What's the Bible say my responsibility is? Is it my responsibility now to cause division in the church between the teenagers and their parents, between the pastors and the youth ministry? Is that, is that what I'm supposed to do? Absolutely not. I'm supposed to submit to my leaders. So recognize this. Now, I'm in a, I'm, 
I had to transition everything that we were doing away from preaching and ministry to just teaching. And no more laying on of hands. Why? Because I needed to honor and submit to my authorities. Whose hands was that ministry in at that point? Who, it was in the senior pastor's hands, right? So if, if ever, because if I thought, no, this has to be in my hands now and I'm going to do this all myself, all, all on my own. Now I'm causing division between the teenagers and their parents, between the whole ministry and the, and, and the, the senior ministry. Like I'm, ca- I'm causing a church split in my own little thing. That's not what God wants me to do. He wants me to honor and submit. And so every, the decision that I made wasn't on, wasn't on my hands now. It was on the senior pastor's hands, right? And this is why the Bible says right here, they will have to give an account, right? Now, if I was wrong, I was wrong. But it's not my responsibility now. The, the account and the responsibility is now on, on the senior pastor, right? And so, and, and this is what the, what, what the passage says next. Let them do this with joy and not with grief. Don't make it difficult. Don't make your submission difficult for them. Just honor. Hey, I, I don't fully understand this, but if this is what you want me to do, I'll do it. Because I don't, I'm not here to cause division. I'm not here to cause a wedge. I'm here, to, I'm here really to promote your vision, right? I'm not here to cause division. Because if I'm not honoring and if I'm not submitting and if I'm doing my own thing, I'm causing division. And is, as we talked about last week, is division from God or the devil? Yeah, the devil. It's the devil, and I don't want to do that. Even if what we were doing was the Holy Ghost, if I'm allowing division to come, I'm not, I'm not honoring and submitting to what the Bible says. So, was that an easy decision for me to make? Not at all. Not, not at all. Honestly, whenever we moved here, I had to talk to Pastor about it and like be genuine with him. I'm like, did we do the right thing? And he said yes. Because, why? Oh, I mean, we're talking about it, right? We're, we're su- I was submitting to my leaders and my authorities right there. See, my, my job at that church was not to spread my own vision. My job was to submit to the vision of that church, right? Well, God, and then God brought me here, <laughs> where my vision uh, and what he's calling me to do lines up with the vision of this body. And so now, man, we can see that and in a whole new way, right? I mean, like what I'm talking about, we saw there, is nothing compared to what we're going to see here, right? Uh, like the anointing and, and, and the fire of God. I, I'm believing it's going gonna, it's gonna to move in a whole new way in this. I mean, we're called a blaze, right? Fire of God is going to be moving in this place in ways that we haven't seen before. We got to first off put an expectation on that, right? Put an expectation that this isn't just some some, you know, Sunday service junior, but this is where the Holy Ghost wants to pour out and in a whole new way. But it it can't do that without these things that we're talking about, right? Uh submission. What is it what what is when we're talking about submission, uh basically I'm putting an expectation on the gift that God's given me for today for tonight, right? I'm putting an expectation on the gift of the word that God's bringing us tonight. And as I put that expectation on, I'm believing that God's going to do something mighty, mighty, mighty. Yep. 
and, and, and I, want, I want to give you guys one more point, and, and I'll answer your question at the end, but I want to give you guys one more point, and I want you to hear this. It, it, when I esteem the gift, when I esteem the gift that God's given me, I'll be able to receive life from that gift, right? If I don't esteem the gift, I won't be able to receive from the gift. Yeah. If I don't esteem what God's given me, I'm not going to receive anything from it. The Bible says, uh, I don't have the, the reference here, but the Bible says, those who receive a prophet in the name of a prophet will receive, do you know the rest of it? A prophet's reward, right? So if you receive a pastor in the name of a buddy, you're just going to receive a buddy's reward. You're just going to receive another friend, right? If you receive a pastor in the name of a pastor, you'll receive a pastor's reward. And I, I cannot tell you, we all need shepherds yeah. <laughs> over our lives. Yeah. We need someone who can see what we can't. Yeah. Right? We need someone who can see what we can't. Because we can't see everything. We don't yeah. all... What, like, you picture a shepherd and sheep, right? A sheep is, d- is down here, can't see everything. A shepherd is a lot taller than the sheep. They can see over the whole flock. They can see the enemy when they're in the distance. You know, and, but, but if a shepherd starts to try to pull the flock in the direction, they're like, what are you doing? Why are you trying to lead me? What? Don't tell me what to do with my life, right? And then the rebellious sheep goes off and continues doing what he wants to do. The enemy is going to take him out, right? You know, like that story where the sheep ran off and he had 100 sheep and he counted and had 99. Yeah, the right? Rebellious sheep. Mm-hmm. Well, that was a lost sheep. There's a difference between a lost sheep and a rebellious sheep, oh, right? Oh, yeah, because a lost sheep doesn't mm-hmm. know where to go. And a exactly. And sheep ter- chooses to go. Yeah, exactly. So, so I, I want you to hear this, and I want you to recognize this, that if, um, that if, if there's a gift that God has given you, and we're just like, oh, he's just, they're just a friend of mine, you know, they're just a cool person or whatever, we're, not, we're only going to receive a friend, right? Yeah, yeah. If I... If I'm not, if I don't esteem that gift, I'm not going to be able to receive from that gift. So if I, if, if I have a uh, life group leader, if I have, uh, you know, even, even the youth leaders here, Serena Markey, you know, if I'm not esteeming them and I'm just treating them like a friend or even a, a sister or something like that, uh, that's all I'm going to get out of them. Yeah. Let's be real. That's all I'm ever going to get out of them. But if I treat them as someone that God's actually given them an anointing, or let's say, picture this. All right, you don't have to picture this. This is the reality. Holy Ghost anoints Pastor Brian. Pastor Brian anoints me over this ministry. What, what am I doing with these guys that are the youth leaders? Anointing. That's being delegated to them as well, yeah. right? That same gifting is now being delegated to them, and they have a gifting and anointing over you. Yeah. Huh. Oh, what a blessing, right? That makes sense. Look at that. See, see how that anointing flows? Yeah. And then that anointing now flows into your life if you esteem it. Yeah. If I don't esteem it, if I don't draw from it, I'm not going to receive from it. That, that's pretty simple, right? Yeah. If I have a well and I don't draw from the well, I'm not going to receive from the well. Mm-hmm. Right? Wait, did you say pastor anoints you? Or did yeah. you say God anoints pastor? God anoints pastor, pastor, then delegates that anointing oh, to me. I delegate that anointing to the leaders here. And then they, now they, as well as me, as well as pastor, as well as the Holy Ghost, all of that can pour into you mm-hmm. if you draw from it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, isn't that a blessing? <laughs> but if we don't draw from that well, are we going to be able to receive from that well? No. What does drawing from that well look like? Hey, pray for me. Hey, uh, I have a question. Hey, I'm going through something. Can you just 
pray for me, right? That's what drawing from that well looks like. If I just leave the, the well there doing its own thing, I'm not receiving really much anything from that well, right? When, when, when I'm ministering to you guys and you're off in your own little world, you're not drawing from that well, if I, right? If, I, if I'm like, all right, I want to pray for you guys and you stay in your seat, are you drawing from the well? No. You know, like these are just different things that, that are coming up. All right. Again, it's not just spiritual authorities, parents, right? Hey, I want you to do something for me. All right, let me draw from that well. Draw life from that well, right? There's life in the well of your parents. Whether you agree with them or not, whether you like them or not, there's something that you can learn from them. Whether they're right all the time or wrong all the time, right? Just getting yourself in the habit of honoring will help you honor God. Let me give you some dating advice. Now, this is good advice. If you want, if you, if you want, uh, let, let this be like a standard for you. Um, if you're looking for a good quality in a guy or a girl, how do they treat their parents? Yeah. Yeah. Do they honor their parents or they, do they dishonor their parents? If they dishonor their parents, they're going to be a crappy spouse. Mm-hmm. spouse. Husband or wife. Mm-hmm. Right? If, a, if you're looking for a guy and he dishonors his mom... Guaranteed, he'll dishonor you. He'll disrespect you. Yeah. If you're looking for a girl and she's disrespectful to her father and her mother, guarantee you she won't ever submit to you. She'll have, or she'll have a, sorry, that was an absolute. She'll have a hard time submitting to you. Unless the Holy Ghost comes in and completely changes that, it'll be, it'll be not fun. Mm-hmm. Let, that, let that be a standard for you. Let, let, that be, let that be a mark as you're looking for someone. If they're dishonoring their spouse... Or if they're dishonoring their parents, they're go- it, they've developed the habit of dishonor. And so they'll have a hard time, because of that habit, honoring their spouse. So like, so that, that's an important thing. Look, look at this, right? And, and how, about, how about this? Um, girls, if the guy doesn't even talk to your parents, what's, like before he asks you on a date, what's he doing? He's really kind of superseding an authority, right? Who has the authority to oversee your life? Your parents, right? So whenever I talked to Serena's dad, right, um, he said no. Whenever I asked him if I could date Serena, he said no. You've probably heard the story. Whenever I asked Serena's dad if I could date her, he said no initially. Why? Because he didn't know me, right? He didn't know who I was. He didn't know my motives, and I completely understand that. I didn't at the moment, but, you know, I, I understand it now. But if I were to be like, you know what, Serena, forget what your dad says. Let's date anyway. What am, I, what, what am I sowing into her life now? Dishonor. I'm teaching her to dishonor her parents. And if I, if I start the relationship off that way, you think she's going to honor me fully? No, because she sees dishonor in me. Why does she have to honor me? Right? And, it, and, and on top of that, I'm instantly causing a wedge between her and her parents, between me and her parents. Her parents aren't going to like me now. Because I'm, because I'm trying to pursue something with their daughter that they, w- apart from them, causing division between them and their daughter. That's that's not a good way to start a relationship. No. Just to be honest. But but today we're like, a lot of people will say that's just like an old societal norm. That's just like that's just an old thing. You know, we don't have to do that anymore today. No, we're actually the the reason why we do that is because we desire honor. Honor is a good thing, yeah. right? 
So like that that whole song like why you gotta be so rude? I'm just gonna marry her anyway. Like what what is that? That's like that's the first thing that comes to my mind. Do you even know that song? Yeah, yeah you know the song. Oh, yeah. All right, that, that song's rooted in dishonor and disrespect. Yeah. <laughs> like it's a very happy upbeat song, but really the whole the whole concept of it is dishonoring her parents. I'm gonna marry her anyway. You're, like and, and you wonder why people have such a a stigma of hating their in laws. Uh-huh. Right? Uh-huh. What? Why? Because we're 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 not raised in the culture of honor. Yeah, that's I mean, heck, if if I married Serena without even talking to her parents, um, I, I have a feeling her parents probably won't treat me the best. And then I'll probably and then I'll be like, oh, it's their fault. They're they're just annoying. My, my mother-in-law. Like, why would I do that? Why would I do that? Because I I already sowed that seed of dishonor. Why, 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 what, why would I give them the right to like me if I'm doing things against them? Right? So, I want you to hear this, though. In regards to dating, well, even in marriage, it, let me give you some, some marriage and family advice, even though you might, you know, like, I'm giving this to you in advance. <laughs> Praise God. Right? If a wife is dishonoring her husband, kids aren't, their kids aren't going to honor their, her husband. If a husband is disrespecting his wife, the kids aren't going to respect the wife. They're not going to respect the mom. Why? Because they're just seeing that modeled by their parents. And then they're wondering, why are my kids so disrespectful? Or, or this is also parenting advice. Look at this. I'm giving you all the life advice, like, w- well in advance. No. So, so hear this. If, if I'm always talking bad about my boss... In front of my kids. Oh dear. Why should I expect them to honor and respect me? You should not. Doesn't the Bible say you reap what you sow? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, I think it does. Yeah, I think it does too, right? So if the Bible says you reap what you sow, if I sow honor, what am I going to reap? Honor. Doesn't the Bible actually specifically say that? I think it does. He who honors will himself be honored. Yep. Right? I think it does. If I disrespect authority... What do you think will happen whenever I'm put in a position of authority? You think people will respect me? Uh, no. Probably not. Let's kind of start sowing those seeds now, right? Yeah. That, that it may be well for you. Yeah. <laughs> like, that it may be well for you. I want to kind of start sowing those seeds now yeah. as quickly as possible. Even when my flesh doesn't want to honor and respect. Even when my flesh, everything in my flesh wants to defend myself. <laughs> when everything in my flesh wants to bless you. When everything in my flesh... Wants to, wants to say, no, they're wrong. They don't understand the whole situation. They don't understand. They need to know my side of the story. Do they need to know your side of the story? No. No? No, they don't. What, what, is, what will help you the most in that situation? God. Submission. Well, yeah, God. <laughs> but, to, but developing the habit of honor and submitting. I'm gonna, I think the Bible also says to crucify your flesh. Yeah, it does say that. Crucify your flesh. All right, I'm going to tell you one more story. All right. Okay, I want to hear this. Yay. Is it the toe story? No, the, the toe story has nothing to do with this. There was one time I was having just a, I was having a bad day. I was allowing myself to have a bad day. Like I was having a day and my, um, my tolerance level for one another in love was low, right? I wasn't making many room for another's faults, right? I was irritated that day. And um, I, I remember I was sitting on the chair. This was years ago. This was before we even moved here. I was sitting in the chair, and I was just like kind of 
in my little irritated state. And, um, and as I'm there in my irritated state trying to figure things out and trying to fix my own problems, what am I doing? I'm not in the Holy Ghost. I'm not in the Lord. I'm taking on weight, right? I'm not, I'm not coming to him when I'm weary and heavy laden. I'm trying to do it on myself, right? And, uh, and then Serena comes and she starts saying something. I don't even remember what she was saying. And out of my flesh comes a big old shh. I shushed her. All right. And uh, if if you have watched any TV shows or anything, when a husband shushes a wife, they always it usually goes down, right? Um, so Serena's response. I want you to hear this. Recognize this. Serena's response was. Okay, she stepped back. She submitted. Even was I right? No, <laughs> absolutely not. I was so wrong. It was awful. But when I shushed her, she instantly stopped. And then, because she chose to not defend herself and start a little debacle, but she chose to submit and honor, instantly, Holy Spirit conviction hit me. Because she didn't defend herself. She allowed the Holy Ghost to do it for her. Yeah. Do you recognize this? Yeah. See, whenever I want to defend myself, but I instantly submit, I give the Holy Ghost room to, to work. Yeah. And so since she honored and submitted in that moment when I was 100,000% wrong, mm-hmm. Holy Ghost began to fight for her <laughs> and say, oh, don't do that, right? That, that conviction hit me hard. And in like five seconds, I'm apologizing. Right. And now and now recognize this, that actually helped initiate me to get out of where I was, to get out of that that pity, out of that that um, heaviness, out of that weariness. She, in her honor and submission, helped me get out of my problem by not fighting back. She had really every natural worldly right to 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 come back at me because I was wrong. But she didn't. She did what the Bible says. And that's the one thing. Now, in what she did, was she preserving unity? Yes. Absolutely. If she defended herself, would that have preserved the unity? No. Was what I was doing preserving the unity? No. no. It wasn't. But she made that first step. Well, I'll, I'll submit to them when they, when they do something first. Is that submission? Is that honor? Yeah. No. Well, whenever, when, whenever I agree with them, that's when I'll submit to them. Is that, that's not submission. Nope. No, that's, that's rebellion. That's doing things your own way. That's wrong. Because the second they do something that you disagree with, now you've already developed that, that, that mentality that I don't have to honor them. So if they say something that's the 100% Holy Ghost, but you disagree with it, if you develop that, that determination, well, I'll agree with them whenever, whenever I agree with them. Well, I'll submit to them when I agree with them. That's not submission. That's rebellion. That's I'm doing my own thing. That's not preserving unity. That's not humility. That's not patience. That's not any of those things, right? That's not maturity. But if I'm a mature person, I'm going to honor. I'm going to submit. I'm going to let the things that I say and the things that come out of my mouth, especially when I'm talking about authorities, I'm going to let that be honoring and and respectful. I'm going to speak with respect. I'll I'll say, yes, ma'am. Yes, sir. Like, I'll speak with respect to the authorities that are over me, right? I'll show them the respect that they're due. I'll make it easy for them. 
I'm going to read this one more time and then I'll pray. Obey your leaders. Submit to them. For they keep watch over your souls as those who will give an account. Let them do this with joy and not with grief. For this would be unprofitable for you. Not for the leaders, for you. Man, the easier I can make it on my leaders and on those in authority over me, the easier I can make life for them, the more joyful I can make life for them, the, the more I allow the anointing to flow into me. Man, we just showed a car in the pastor today, right? Do you, thi- do you, do you think uh, that helped him do it with joy, lead us with joy? Man, so what kind of anoint? Did you see the anointing that flowed this morning? Yeah. Did you see? Did you see that? I mean, like the Holy Ghost, like was smacking people. Like it was the anointing was powerful today, even in worship. With us just having the anticipation that we're bringing joy to our pastors, man, we're we're like like there was a flow, there was a breakthrough that took place today. Why? Because we chose to make it a joy for our leaders. We chose to make it a joy, not a grief, not, not whenever they come and ask us to do something. We're fighting them, but no, we're, we're honoring them and we're making it more joyful for them. That makes it more joyful for me. Man, when your parents are full of joy and happy, that makes your life easier too. Now, it's not always dependent on you. They make their own choices, but there are things you can do to help that and to help promote that in your home. There are things. You have an anointing and authority. You have the Holy Ghost inside of you to bring joy and hope and peace into your home. Amen. Even if they're unbelieving. The Bible talks about it. A wife of an unbelieving husband by her submission and by her honor to that husband can save his soul. Because he'll, he'll say, shush, and she'll instantly submit and he'll be like, that's different. Holy Ghost will begin working on him. Right? Holy Ghost will begin correcting him why, why don't I feel good about this right it's the Holy Ghost she gave room for the Holy Ghost to enter into the situation yeah. by her submission that's why she won that fight. now I, I don't see why that would be any different between kids and a parent that they can give room for the Holy Ghost to begin doing a work by their submission and their honor and their respect yeah. hey let me bring you a drink let me bring you some water. Let me bring you. Some, how can I serve you? What? How? Here's a great question. Oh, great question. Hey, how can I be a better um, son? How can be, I be a better daughter? What? What is something that would really bless you? What is something that would that I can do to really help you today? Right? That's honor. That's submission. That that'll make it more of a joy because now you're sowing something into them. You're sowing something into them, and that and that gives Holy Ghost room to move. Right. How can I serve you? How can I help you? How can I bless you? Man, that opens a door for the Holy Ghost to enter in and to begin doing a work through your submission and honor. Now, I will say this. If you haven't developed that habit, it might take some time for them to believe you. (laughs) But but start now. Start developing, developing that habit of honor. Start developing that habit. How can I, honestly, close your eyes. Ask God. Bible says if any of you lacks wisdom, ask God, he'll give it to you. Ask God. God, how can I honor my parents today? What, what, what one act can I do to sow honor into my parents? What, 
What act of honor can I do to sow into my leaders, to my teachers, to my coaches, to my, to, to whatever? God, how can I sow honor into these people? Just ask the Lord that. He'll give you wisdom. And that wisdom might just be, hey, ask them. God, what can I do to sow honor? What can I do to make this more of a joy for my leaders? Holy Ghost, give me wisdom. God, because I know that your word says that if I do this, it'll go well for me. Father, help show, show us, show us the habits that we might have developed. The habits that the world has taught us of dishonor and disrespect. No, that's not who we are. No, we are full of R-E-S-P-E-C-T. Find out what it means to me. Amen. Father, we're full of respect. We're full of honor. Because we're full of the Holy Ghost. And Father, we have a desire to draw from the wells. We have a desire to draw from the gifts that you've given us. God, we're not just going to leave the gifts on the side and not draw from it. God, you have given us gifts that, are, that have been given to us to equip us for life, to equip us for victory. God, we don't know everything. And if the devil's lied to us and convinced us that we know more than our parents, that we know more than our authorities, God, we repent. Because that's, that's bogus. Amen. Father, we just ask that you grace us and renew our mind to maturity. That we, that we may be rooted and grounded in love. And as we're rooted and grounded in love, we enter into a realm of humility, God, where we, where we submit, where we honor, where we, where we recognize that we don't, we don't have it all figured out. But we also put on that attitude of servanthood in humility. We recognize that we are the righteousness of God. We recognize that we are seated in heavenly places. We recognize that we are mighty, mighty men and women of God. But even though we recognize that all power and all authority has been given to us, we do what Jesus did. We put a towel around our waist and we serve in humility. That's our art. And as we put on that humility, God, I thank you, Lord, you grant us patience and gentleness. That we can tolerate, make room for one another in love. That if people mess up, if people do something immature, if people do something stupid, we don't get all up in a tizzy, but we enter into peace. Because we've already forgiven them. We enter into unity. And in that unity, Father, in that unity, preserving that unity that you died for us to have, that you've given us that glory, You've given us the glory so that we can be one. Father, let us always seek the unity. Let us not ever, ever, ever give in to the stupid lie that no one cares. No one would understand. We should just isolate ourselves. I just need to figure this out on my own. No. God, let us submit. God, you've given us gifts. Let us draw from those gifts. Let us not isolate ourselves. Let us give ourselves to you. 
And as we give ourselves to you, Father, I thank you, Lord, that submitting to you biblically means submitting to an authority that you've given us. Father, any root of rebellion that might have tried to plant itself inside of us and inside of this generation, we uproot that now in the name of Jesus. We uproot rebellion. We uproot the witchcraft of rebellion. We uproot the demonic lie that that they don't need to submit into honor, especially when they don't agree. No, we uproot that demonic thing now and we lose a heart of humility a heart of honor and a heart of submission because it's in that honor and it's in that submission that we draw from the gift that you've given us to equip us for the work to equip us for life to equip us for ministry so that we can all be grow to a mature man and woman to the fullness of the stature which is in Christ Jesus. That's who we are. And that's what we receive. And Father we receive it now. And we thank you for it. In Jesus name. Amen.